Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host Bevan. This is my co-host Biscuit Reynolds. Um, I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. It's Bevan from the future. I'm coming in <laughs> to co-host this episode with Bevan from the past. I still haven't uploaded my podcast episode about making things easier and I had more to say and I feel like two weeks later I feel different. I'm, I'm always feel different every cycle of the moon. It's like that's the key to living a great life is just keep getting better and keep leveling up and keep shedding old versions of yourself. Um, the first thing I wanted to say is um, I wanted to talk about why I haven't been podcasting a lot lately. Um, there was a long stretch of time where I was weekly podcasting and I wanted to be really consistent. Part of it was for me because as a creator, giving myself that deadline to publish, I was publishing every Thursday. I used to throw a body positive queer dance party in Brooklyn on Thursday. So Thursday is kind of a sacred day for me to do this. I'm recording again on a Thursday. Um, but also then the pandemic hit and I felt a lot of comfort and ease from creators that I trusted and loved during that time creating consistently. So I kept going. And I went through much longer than what a lot of people consider the pandemic. Although I want to acknowledge that COVID-19 is still very real. Um, it's a present uh, death threat and disability threat, long-term disabling disease that is running rampant through our society. I have a whole rant I could do about that, but I'm not going to do that on this episode. I'm just going to say getting infected again and again with COVID-19 is going to make life harder for you. So that's a choice you're gonna make. Masking is a lot easier, temporary discomfort, than um, long-term disability, which becomes far more likely every time you get COVID-19. It concerns me every time one of my favorite artists gets COVID again, you know what I mean? Because I want them to be able to keep creating. So it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to be and how I wanted to serve as a grown-up. And uh, my body is how I do that. I'm an aerobics instructor. So like, I wanna be able to be teaching until I'm 99 years old. And so in order to do that, I really wanna take care, great care of my vascular system. That's my personal choice. I also think community care is the only way we get through this. And masking is really something you do for other people to help protect them from your germs. Half of COVID uh, infections are asymptomatic. You can't just wait till symptoms to test. Okay, I said I wasn't gonna have a rant and I had a rant. It's okay. Um, I also want to share with you the protocols I use. If you really want to arm yourself up, queerfatfem.com, uh, put the little plus symbol and then put uh, CBDA or CBGA. Those are two cannabinoids and those are shown to help prevent the spike proteins from connecting to your immune system. I still haven't knowingly, knock on wood, uh, been, been infected with COVID-19. And so I do a lot of things. It's all listed in that blog post. It's easy. Um, and that is also part of, so I stopped podcasting so much and recently have really like heard the call. I've talked about this on the podcast before about how I feel the call to write and I feel a lot of blockages and like, um, just resistance to writing and publishing on my blog. But I've had my blog for 15 years now. It's such a great resource of all these things that I've bumbled through in life. And I am certainly not perfect now, nor have I ever been. But certainly <laughs> when I was in my late 20s, I like talked like I knew what I was talking about all the time. And the more I learn, the more I know I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? That I'm just doing the best I can always. I have great compassion for all the versions of who I have ever been. And I have to say, I think I leveled up in the last few months in that compassion for old versions of myself. And so I really have 
noticed that I have value to add in the world of things that I've learned. And I have so many blog posts just in a little, I'm a responding generator in human design, if you know what that means. I talked about it in this episode also. But like when I hear something that I can write about, I write it down. And I have like more than 50 entries I could write. And so I just decided to commit to a Monday through Friday um, blogging calendar, which has really been stretching my capacity in a way that is incredibly uncomfortable. It makes it hard for me to do anything, including editing podcasts and uploading podcasts. I also had a weird summer where like I recorded a few episodes of people and like for wind reasons, the sound was off and I have to re-record. And another person, I actually published a whole episode, a very juicy, good episode with a lot of good information in it that I took down later because um, they realized that they had violated some consent and privacy that they had agreed to with their co-parent um, with what we talked about. So if you heard that episode, if you know, you know, um, but it's gone. I deleted it. Uh, we're just going to re-record at some point later in the future, and I'm not even going to tell you who it was. It's just disappeared. Um, so it's interesting. It just looks like I had this whole time off where I have been trying to create some and also just engaged in a really deep soul-searching um, level up in my life. Um, I started an Akashic mentorship with my teacher, Leah Garza, who I've had on the podcast twice before. Both of those episodes are chef's kiss. They're so great. Leah has taught me so much about questioning reality, questioning the ontology, the reality that we're taught growing up and working with her um, in this mentorship and developing my own Akashic Records practice. The Akashic Records is really just a human made up term for like what the Celtics used to call the other world. Um, all that is, it's like we have our five human se senses and then the sixth sense is the Akashic. It's everything else. And it's all of these guides. Some of us, myself included, have guides on guides on guides who are benevolent and want to help us. And so I've learned a lot about my spiritual practice over the years. I have a really great um, series of videos and content on my Patreon about my spiritual self-care practices because I've learned a lot about how to have my spiritual practice from learning from other people. So getting to learn with Leah about her practice and developing my own practice with her guidance has been extraordinary. And I have leveled up into a feeling of safety that I will never leave. I reread a blog post that I wrote in 2013 um, about a book. Uh, it's called Reveal by Megan Watterson. And I hadn't read it in a long time. And reading that post, I was talking about that safe place that's inside us because that's what she finds in her spiritual quest. Like she goes all over Europe um, chasing these divine feminine archetypes and she finds herself. And I think that's exactly what I've done. I've actually really found that safe place in me where it doesn't matter if people come at me because I said something wrong 10 years ago in a blog post. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing the best I can always. And um, if someone is going to try to tear me down because of that, I don't know. Haters are not happy people and I choose peace and flow state and serving my communities and serving the people who want to be served by me. So I release <laughs> allowing people I'm never going to meet, uh, allowing people who are profoundly unhappy to affect my bravery and me putting myself out there and helping and sharing people and being deep in the love of sharing things. So that is why. <laughs> I haven't been podcasting as much because I've been doing some deep spiritual work that's been taking up a lot of my time and I needed to really release hustle culture and part of releasing hustle was like learning a whole new way to have motivation to work that isn't from fear or needing to prove something and in some ways like that consistency of weekly podcasting required me to prove something um, and 
I'm gonna talk about this again at the end about what this Monday through Friday blogging practice is doing for me in terms of the things I was struggling with while I was recording this episode. So transitioning back and forth between Bevan from the past, Bevan from the future, take it away Bevan from the past. Uh, today I am responding to a listener question, um, which was basically me saying in a Discord community that I have been intentionally cultivating ease, joy, rest, and playfulness and gentleness in my life for the last four years. And um, they wanted me to expand on that and talk about how I've been doing that work. And since in human design, I'm a responding generator. Um, I don't know all that much about human design. Um, it's based on the same stuff that astrological charts are based on so I'm like I'm all in for like we're born at a place in time because there's a destiny our soul wants to create um, and our personality map is how we're creating that destiny but then like of course there's so much free will choice and chaos in the universe that we're interacting with that like it's gonna come through in our unique way that hasn't yet been created uh, anyway so all that to say, I respond well to things and I can create from responses. So actually, if you have any questions for me or anything that you would like to hear my thoughts on, um, shoot me an email, fatkiddanceparty at gmail.com. There's also a voicemail feature on my podcast app thing. So if you go to the podcast uh, website, which is like, it's podcasters.spotify.com com slash something slash Bevan. I don't know. Uh, it was so much easier. I just want to say Spotify, the corporation gobbled up anchor.fm, which is where I started this podcast. And I have been very uh, underwhelmed by what Spotify has done. Um, anyway, <laughs> I like to keep, keep it positive, but I'll just be honest, underwhelmed with Spotify's work. Uh, I, doing this. It was so much better when it was a startup. Um, and I also just want to say this as someone who has her own business and I could have gotten venture capital and in fact sought out a little bit of venture capital from like the right sort of group uh, for me uh, and didn't get it. I'm really glad I didn't because I'd rather be all into my thing and not have to sell out to some big corporation that comes in and just gobbles things up because the way our tax system works in the United States, it's a corporate oligarchy. You know what I mean? It like makes the corporations really big and it doesn't give the little guy a chance to innovate. Cause the good thing about entrepreneurs is they get paid or they get paid to solve problems. So you're incentivizing innovation, but then anyway, it's, that's a rant for another day. <laughs> this is about ease and joy and releasing my rants helps me create more ease. Um, so first of all, I want to say that the, the fastest route to anything you want is prayer. And I know that's a very woo-woo response. And if you're not woo-woo, that's cool. Take what you like and leave the rest. But like, um, prayer makes things faster and I'd rather have help. And if I can have spiritual help, my ego is not even tied into it. You know what I mean? Like we have all this ego stuff tied up into our resistance to asking for help. Humans are an interdependent species. We're supposed to be helping each other. That's our design. And yet, uh, we get raised with this like toxic, I mean, there is not a boomer I know who has an easy time asking for help. And frankly, like even millennials I know struggle with, um, asking for help. Um, I myself have been working on this for years and years. Right. So like, I get it. And ask, ask, that's what they're there for. Your spirit guides are this giant team. I, someone, uh, an early healer I worked with described the archangels as just like sitting in an unemployment line. Like they have so much help to offer 
and uh, we're not using them. So they are nowhere close to capacity. So if you learn more about the Archangels, they can come in and help you with specific stuff. I like to use the entire team of Archangels when I need to. So just continuing to pray for the lessons to be gentle, because I think that we're going to learn either through joy or pain. Um, God speaks to us first through a whisper and then uh, with like a two by four, you know, at first a metaphor, then a two by four, right? And so some people only understand the language of pain and that used to be me. And now I'm working on understanding the language of joy and curiosity and following those impulses. And there have been curiosity paths that my intuition has taken me down where I just followed my hyper focus, enjoyed the process of learning whatever it was that I was learning, and then it made a decision, a snap. It made it, it made the decision so easy. And I know, especially my air sign besties out there listening, how agonizing it can be to feel like you need to make the right decision. When in fact, decision making is a self-correcting process. And so if you just lean into make a choice and move forward, um, I'm reading the book Failing Forward right now by John Maxwell. I'm actually reading it for the second time through because I was like, there, i got to get more nuggets out of this. It's so good. And I wish I could have read it when I was a child because I spent a lot of time worrying about making mistakes and therefore not taking action. But in fact, failure isn't the opposite of success. It is the only path to success. And most of success looks like failure 80% of the time. This is why entrepreneurs get paid so much once you hit it because you've actually failed enough to figure out what works and what's going to serve clients. So just remember, like, you've got to make decisions. you got to take some action and move forward. But something that has also helped me create more ease and rest and joy in my life is taking the busy work out. Um, I think we can get really into performative, um, performative functionality. I don't know if that's even the right phrase I'm looking for, but the idea of, like, showing up at a 9 to 5 and clocking in your time, like... I am the kind of worker where I can get done in an hour what it takes another person nine hours to do. Um, I, when I was in law school, <laughs> I learned I could not date other law students after I dated two different law students named Jennifer who lived in different states, so it was easy to keep, I was, simultaneously, it was easy to keep track of them because it was based on the state that they were in, Jen from California and Jen from Delaware, that's who they were. And I... I uh, realized when I was studying for the multi-state uh, ethics exam, um, it's basically a bunch of trick questions that are supposed to be about ethics, but it's really about learning how to take the test. And I saw how much I was studying for it and how much Jen from Delaware was studying for it. And I passed the test the first time and she did not. And I was like, wow, like what's up with my brain that like I put in a different amount of time um, and I can get a different result, right? So that made a nine to five and really like when you're a lawyer, it's a nine to nine, um, really different for me because like performative busy work versus actual diligent, like getting the work done. Um, my friend Silas Howard told me this, um, probably about 10 years ago that like a lot of artwork is the staring at the wall time. And he is so correct because you've got to build in the play and the rest so that when you sit down to do the work, the ideas flow. And I think when we get really into like distracting ourselves, it's all resistance, right? Like it's resistance to doing the thing that's really going to make a difference. It's like, oh, I'm going to be busy doing this thing. Um, and I think some of us are, especially some of us with 
a lot of Virgo placements uh, are like really into like planning the most optimal, most efficient route to do something. But I have learned releasing my obsession with efficiency actually gets me more productive over time. Even if I have to like try and try and try again at something um, and it's not efficient, eventually the more times I do it, the more efficient I can get. Um, systems are also really helpful. Um, systems are ways that you automate what you're doing. I got really good at systems when I had my own law firm. Uh, after I got laid off in 2008, learned that jobs are a scam and that as soon as your boss doesn't have the money to pay you anymore, you just don't have a job anymore. Um, and I started my own firm because I knew how much my boss was making off of my clients and I knew how much I was making and I knew there was a big disconnect there. So I wanted to work less and make more money from the work that I was doing, which I was able to do, but it did make me fully responsible for everything, meaning I did a lot of paralegal work and receptionist work and walk into the post office and doing all that stuff, right? But it was better to be able to do it on myself. But I got really good at systems because like even though every I was doing tr mostly transactional real estate law, every transaction is different, but it's the same. You know what I mean? If you can figure out what's the same and like what information I need where, like I got really good at client info sheets and like closing worksheets and watching other lawyers fail. <laughs> I did uh, one of the best things for my career was like early on at that job that I had, I attended a lot of closings and I got to see lawyers screw up. Every time a lawyer screwed up, I learned from that mistake. That is another key to letting life be easy. Um, I was watching the Queer Ultimatum in a group of friends on a Discord, same Discord where I got this question. Shout out to the Chrissy Tolly Discord. What up, friends? Um, but uh, on there, we learned a lot from the foibles of the people on that reality show because we were talking about it. And so, like, there are ways to learn from other people's mistakes instead of you having to make the mistake, which I think makes life easier. You know? Like, we don't... There's this, like lie in capitalism that everything worth doing requires effort, but that is training you to be someone who uh, the state can ex extract capital from, right? And like capitalism, like marketplaces have existed throughout time. Capitalism is actually just the private holding of resources and like privatizing all of that, right? And it's not meant to um, be as large as it is. Like we've just extracted so much Anyway, we're having a real reckoning with capitalism in, in these times, and I'm curious if I can hold my faith <laughs> and my hope that it's all going to work out for the best. Um, I'm really like eating popcorn and watching the fall of capitalism, I think. Um, but that's only if enough people wake up and uh, choose to live a life that's more in alignment with who they really are instead of just like being automatons performing work. Um, but yeah, there's a lot you can do to outsource the learning process from like toil and pain. Um, I also really prioritize rest in a real way um, versus like, like for me, laying in my bed and scrolling on Instagram is not as restful as laying in my bed and listening to a sound healing, um, which is not as restful as like actually getting 10 hours of sleep, right? Or however much sleep I need. But like really like noticing, I've read a study that like if you perform rest. Here's here's where performing works. Like if you perform rest, like lay down, like put a little sleep fold thing over your face. Even if you don't sleep, if you just lay there um, and maybe listen to something soothing, like you can't, you have the same like cognitive 
uh, abilities as if you had gotten a nap or a rest, right? So like really just thinking about the quality of time that you're spending in your rest. Um, and of course, like I find nourishing myself well, like helps my brain get sharper, which makes things easier for me. Um, also my thought life changes how I experience ease, rest, joy, and play. Like if I'm punishing myself, um, gosh, when I was a fear-based procrastinator, like putting things off because I was afraid I wasn't going to get it perfect. Um, and then needing that last minute, like hustle to just get something done, anything done. Right. I, I, I couldn't, I didn't break that perfectionism cycle until years and years later, right? Like, I think I'm only like a few years into breaking that cycle. Once I recognized what it was, right? Oh, this is fear-based, right? Oh, this is perfectionism coming up again, right? Um, but none of that rest or procrastinating thing, like it wasn't enjoyable uh, because I was stressing out about the thing I wasn't doing. And I think sometimes like just giving things space and time, like do it for five minutes. Like, I wish I could go back. I wish so many things. Don't we all wish we could go back and teach our younger selves how to make life a little bit easier and less stressful? Um, so those are things that I have really employed that have worked well for me. Um, I had to make play my job in order for me to actually prioritize play. Unannounced break, because my mom just dropped off a pumpkin to me. That's another thing I did to create more ease in my life is I moved from Los Angeles where I knew in order to stay there I was going to have to toil in some way like get a job that I didn't love or do something like I was working I was driving Lyft like 60 hours a week I was really grinding myself down um, and I knew if I moved up here it would cost a lot less to live here and I knew my mom I was like my mom and Pat shop at Costco <laughs> and they don't need all that Costco food for them I know I'll get some food runoff from them my mom is incredibly generous and is a cancer, so she loves to nourish with food. Um, and so, I, and she's like Santa Claus all the time, which I love. As a Christmas Eve baby, I love Santa vibes and being Santa, receiving Santa, and really getting into the flow of receiving. Um, and plus, like, I think parents really love to give us stuff that they don't need anymore because, it, like... You know how I feel very guilty throwing stuff away. Like, I don't, I hate contributing to landfills. Like, I try to be as mindful as possible about everything that I do. Um, like, every piece of plastic in my house, if I can get at least a double, triple use out of it, I'm going to try. Um, and I just, like, the waste of our current economy, like, the way things go, um, you just buy stuff on Amazon that you end up throwing away. It's so weird and sad and hard. Anyway. Mom loves to give me stuff that they don't use anymore, and then I can determine, and then I have the agony of whether I release it or not, right? Um, you know, buy nothing groups, things like that, like, ways of, like, dropping out of capitalism, ways of, like, pausing, like, instead of reacting with, like, um, my ex used to love to respond to things, like, problems, and she had a lot of anxiety, and so, like, it made her feel, I think, I don't know how it made her feel, but she was very into responding with things with money. And so like buying stuff on Amazon to make things easier, buying, she didn't want to catch bugs. So she got this bug catcher thing from Amazon, which she never used. I was the one who caught all the bugs, you know, like anyway, so, uh, all that to say, it does make it easier in the long run because then you don't have some big move where you're like getting rid of stuff and filling landfills with all your stuff that you just bought, right? Like doing with less, reusing things, um, 
I don't know, all of that, I think creates more ease for me is having less stuff and like releasing stuff. And also another thing that's created more ease for me, which was surprising as uh, someone who's, <laughs> I had dated a Virgo once who called me a messy Marvin. Um, and I know that's shady coming from a Virgo, but um, it's kind of true. I'm like, I'm my mother's daughter. Mom loves piles of things. You know, I love piles of things. Um, it's another form of procrastination is I don't want to deal with this pile, so I'm just not going to. Um, but I'm working on being less and less of a messy Marvin and recognizing the ease it creates for my brain to be in an environment that is more sorted and I have less clutter. And so doing the 5, 10, 15 minute like sprint of like, can I get through this cabinet? You know, can I get through this shelf? And like putting less of that stuff off. Frequently when I ask uh, my guides for help or like guidance, they're like, declutter, <laughs> clean your house, you know, like, and like, I don't want that answer. And so I don't want to do that thing, but I'm leaning into it more because when I reflect, this is fun. Like in the, I'm calling middle age the lunchtime of life. Cause it sounds more poetic in the lunchtime of life. You get the benefit of looking back and looking forward. Um, but also I want to quote Eckhart Tolle about like the power of now and how like that ease, um, grace, I don't, I forget what he says. Like it's like ease, grace and play or something are all in the present moment. Um, I'm reading that book right now. Um, it's really like people quote it all the time cause it's a really profound book that helps you create more happiness in your life because like anxiety is like, um, hurting yourself because you're too focused on the future. Depression is hurting yourself because you're too focused on the past, right? But when I look back on my life with evaluated experience, um, I am able to learn that actually I wish I had kept my house cleaner. Like once I, I didn't even realize that you were supposed to clean the baseboards uh, until I was like late thirties. And I was like, wow, it makes such a visible and energetic difference. Even in I mean, I lived in all these pre-war apartment buildings in Brooklyn and Jersey City that were, like, kind of impossible to ever clean the baseboards, so I think I just lost hope. But, like, actually, it looks great when you, like, take the time to dust the baseboards. And you don't have to do it every time, but, like, every couple few times. Um, and now that I live in a much smaller house, this is another tip for ease, like, I can clean my house so much faster then when I had a three-bedroom house in Los Angeles, I loved that house. I loved everything about that house. But it was, like, so impossible to be an entrepreneur working for myself and keep that house clean on top of, like, I can't even imagine how people have kids and keep a house clean. Like, it really, like, baffles me. And it goes back to, like, how humans are designed to be living, which is tribally, which is between 150 and 200 interdependent people. So, like, the person who's doing the, like working for money isn't the person who's doing the cooking, right? Like you have someone who's cooking and providing your meals, right? Um, I also saw this very cool thing on the internet. It's not that cool. It's just a cool insight. Um, calling this present time a silent depression because like in the Great Depression, the average income was $85,000. It's adjusted for inflation. Um, $85,000. And they were usually the only person making income for that family, right? And, um, they got all these labor laws and things like that um, established out of the Great Depression. And anyway, I really hope, I, I have to say, like, I'm having kind of a crisis of faith and hope right now. Um, and I'm allowing that to be a cycle because I think I've really 
been clinging to faith and hope as like a way to get through this like never ending pandemic. Um, I'm still masking. I'm still taking all the precautions that I can to prevent the spread of this very preventable illness. Um, and I think most people have given up and that is really making me have a crisis of faith and hope. I'm like, I don't know that this gets better. I don't know that people want more for themselves because I'm not seeing them act like it. Um, which is a shame. But again, I want to create more ease for myself, right? So I'm going to redirect my thoughts. I'm going to allow the cycle, right? Like a lot of life is in the allowing of what is, right? The sufficiency of what is now, contentment in the present moment, no matter what's going on around us. Um, and just also, I think sometimes just believing the best possible outcome. I believe that everyone's always doing the best they can with what they have. And I believe that about myself, which allows me to have more compassion for myself. But I'm committed to getting 1% better every day. That's something that helps my life get better. Um, and when you're choosing not to change, you're going backwards slowly uh, because everything is changing around you. Just look at kids and how they're constantly growing, right? It's a myth that you like graduate from high school, go to college, and then you're done learning, right? No, we're, we keep learning. This is life. We keep, we keep going. Anyway. Um, I think I, I got interrupted when I said I created a life around play, um, or a job around play. I needed it. I like wasn't allowing myself enough just play. So, um, I created an inner child healing aerobics class called Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which is, by the way, best way to support this podcast is through patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics. Um, and it's an explicit chi inner child healing. Like you're coming to an aerobics class cause you want to move your body, but also we're going to work on inner child healing. We're going to have very intentional, fun, silliness play. Um, I'm a Capricorn. So maybe I was just meant to like get really serious about what I needed to do to feel better in the world. And that was play and joy. And, um, I really do like, it's so funny, earlier in my life I had the mission statement that I wanted to make the world safe for people to love themselves, and then eventually I had the realization that I can't make the world do anything. Like, I can only do what I can do for me and, like, teach people the way I've gotten here. So, like, if you want <laughs> to feel safe loving yourself, you got to dig in and find that safe space that literally is in you, that I know is in you right now. It's the safe space that knows that everything is okay and is like uh, something that exists beyond time and space. Um, Eckhart Tolle talks about it. Um, but basically it's in you and you can discover it. And it's about like kind of releasing all of the things that aren't that. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in just this mindset of having to toil when in fact life can flow. Um, I think pain is inevitable um, and life is always going to life at you. Like there's always unexpected things coming. But the more you develop that resilience and can tap into that safe, calm space, the more you can kind of trust yourself to just move through life with um, confidence moving through uncertainty. Um, one of the teachings I give during aerobics class is um, uh, I do it during Elton John's I'm Still Standing. I have people think through three different times in their lives where they faced uncertainty and they got through it. Because I think a lot of times when we're presently facing uncertainty, we get into the anxiety of it instead of looking back with evaluated experiences on all the times we already went through the uncertainty. And you can get through it. If you've already gotten through it before, you can definitely keep getting through it. Um, and... 
I know you've got this. You are here for a reason. Every single person is different by design. And I believe humans are different because it's our species strength as an interdependent species. I think we have everything we need among humanity to cure uh, all of our ills. Did you know with our $800 billion a year American U.S. military budget, um, if you took one eighth of it, so $100 billion, we could cure homelessness, hunger, healthcare for all, just that, that would cure it forever. So one eighth of one year, the, the U.S. could invest in that. But instead, they invest in the military industrial complex because we're in a corporatocracy and corporations sell things to the military. And, you know, it's just a snake eating its tail. So the only way we're going to get through this is each and every one of us choosing ourselves and choosing to move forward anyway and to sort of deprogram. I don't know if that's the right word I want to use, but it's it's just like choosing not to believe these lies about how we have to spend our time and instead focusing on things like ease, grace, joy, and play um, that can help and pleasure and like just enjoying having a meat sack on earth. Something I have <laughs> recently decided for myself in these times where I'm having this little crisis, of, little crisis of faith and hope, um, is just, I inc incarnated on this earth on purpose. My soul chose this. I do believe that. Um, and I love snacks. Like that's why I'm here. I'm here for the snacks. I enjoy snacks. And so just really slowing myself down enough to even just enjoy a meal. And like the more I learn about, I'm really hyped for the physiology of high performance. And the more I learn about like, um, kind of taking our brain back about food, um, it's just sitting and like it helps our digestion to just sit and be present with our meal, to be wholly having a sensory experience with the meal that you're having and breathing. Um, it's actually optimal if you eat outside in the, in the air, uh, in the sun. Um, and I know that's not possible in all climates and given our climate chaos with our wildfires, et cetera, it can't always be outside. How sad. Um, again, shade and hope. <laughs> but... I'm learning more and more about just being present with food and being present with pleasure and being present with like the bath that you're taking and the, your five earthly senses and just really like, you know, that's why that calms you from anxiety. Five things I can see, four things I can hear, right? Like when you go through those, that's bringing you back into the present moment. And that's all we ever have. All we have is this moment in excess. Okay. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, do all the things. It really does help. Um, and if you can support the podcast, I would love it. There's lots of things in the show notes about how you can throw down and support wish lists and things like that. Um, every little bit helps. Um, I want to be able to keep producing this podcast. Um, and I need the support in order to keep doing that. So thanks for tuning in everybody. See you next time. Okay. Bevin from the future back again. I wanted to talk about um, how I'm dealing with my faith crisis because I talked about my crisis of faith um, and how I've kind of created some peace around it and some action around it. So first of all, whenever I'm having a crisis in some way or like trouble with some way, I have people I can talk to about it. I have a great therapist, I have mentors, and I have a great coach. And, um, and I talked to all of them about faith. And it's funny because like my coach and Leah Garza both had told me like, it sounds like you're really missing faith right now. And faith in divine timing, faith in uh, other people. It, my faith in God has not wavered. I like, me and God are besties. Like I am so tied into God and to spirit and that connection that feels unshakable. But I just, 
I think the more you delve into your psychic knowing and like knowing more than the present moment and knowing the future, like I think there's like an earth-based thing that's anxiety, but then there's like this, holy shit, like what's coming down the pike because it does not look good. And that is what's been happening more for me lately. It's the holy shit, like this does not look good. And the faith that has shaken is my faith in other people. Like, because we're all in this together. And what I've learned in, from Leah Garza, and you can listen to my most recent episode with her, which was like, I think it's episode 137-ish. Um, but she talked about like how you becoming more yourself levels up timelines where we all benefit. And I just lost faith that other people were gonna do their work and gonna uh, fulfill whatever's coming through their heart. And my coach actually gave me this great advice. She said, why don't you consider the people you actually have faith in and contemplate the way that God shines through them. And that was light bulb for me because there are a lot of people who I really respect and admire who do, I do have a lot of faith in and I have a lot of faith that they keep showing up for whatever their work is in the world. And everyone has a unique journey. Like your work in the world isn't what you go to an office and get paid for. I mean, I feel grateful that a lot of my work in the world is what I get paid for, you know? And then a lot of the work, my work in the world is free. My blog is a massive resource and it is free 99 and I want it to stay free. And the more people who support me uh, through my Patreon and all the other ways that they can support me, the more I can resource this. It does cost me a lot of money, hundreds of dollars a year to keep that blog going and all the digital archives I maintain and all that kind of stuff. So all that to say, what I decided to do was investigate myself because do I have faith in myself that I'm gonna show up for all the ways that um, God has tasked me uh, in this lifetime. And so I was like, let me do this Monday through Friday blogging thing. Let me really commit to 90 days of doing this. And by Monday through Friday, I mean like, I just noticed that if I blog and I post in the morning, I get a lot of traction, people are reading it. I want people to read it. I'm willing to create for the void. You know what I mean? Like just to not care what the results are and just create it and trust like, you know, people come through when they come through. I have really good SEO search engine optimization. So like people searching for stuff in the future will find my blog, you know, like whatever they might need to find. Right. I have a lot of really fun and interesting things um, that I've written about. It's like, I could never tell you what queerfatfem.com is. It's not, it's not a lifestyle blog, although that's kind of the easiest vague way to say it. It's not a recipe blog, but there's some recipes. It's not a sex blog, but there are some blogs about sex because sex is part of living life it's really oh crow just flew by it's really just a blog that's about the relentless pursuit of my joy because when i started it i felt very joyless <laughs> and i had been i was going through the hardest breakup of my whole life and i did not know what i was going to do but i was going to create myself whole and i was going to throw myself into art and see what happened and so that's what it is and so i have and so i have the weekends to kind of catch up because it is my i've also realized like my brain power is is unique you know like i really have a 10 a.m to 2 p.m sharp window that's when i like to see my clients for reiki and especially for my business brainstorming clients i like to see them when my brain is the sharpest but it's also my best writing time too like if i'm really going to do a thing it's best at that time i can kind of create sometimes at night but then sometimes i get jacked up on adrenaline and then i can't sleep and i hate feeling not well rested and so the whole next day like tomorrow starts tonight so like the whole next day is ruined if i'm like too creative at night and like spinning out right and like dolly rebecca parton bless her for being able to get no sleep and function but that is not the bevan way i sleep i like to hibernate i like to get well rested my dreams i'm clearly doing energy work in my dreams and like 
I just, I need that power down. And then I need a slow, long morning. Like I have started to have the maturity to recognize that when I need to get up for something, I like wake up two hours before I have to be anywhere or do anything. And I, so anyway, so like my writing time is like crunching my whole life, right? So it's like, I'm fighting to expand my capacity, but I also recognize that all the greatest people who keep achieving more, it's when they've chosen to address their capacity and level up a little bit more. And I really wanna create a way where I can be a primary influence in someone's life. You become the five people you spend the most time with. Um, my podcast is some content I create for you. I would love for at least an hour of your week to be in an aerobics class with me, either on Zoom or one of my on-demand classes. Like. I like, it's the fastest way I can teach you how to feel free in your mind and body because you learn like, I don't know, it's like you learn within seven to 20 repetitions with play involved, you learn 400 repetitions without play involved. So imagine how much shorter I can make the journey from you now to you feeling free and excited about who you are, right? And like, anyway, so aerobics, podcast, blog. I want to give it to you. I want you to spend like three, four hours a week with me. I know people aren't going to do that. You know what I mean? Some people aren't. Uh, many, most people aren't. Some people are though. And that's who I'm playing for. I am playing for the people who showed up to my sound check. I saw this really fun video. God, Brandy Carlisle's uh, social media is so fulfilling as a new fan of hers. I wrote about it on my blog, how I became a big fan of hers this summer. Um, but watching her and her sound check people at the Red Rocks show she did like, and how she really made a connection with like the 50 people or so that were there for that sound check. And like, that is who I'm playing for. It's like the people who care enough to show up to sound check, you know what I mean? And like, um, anyway, so that's how I'm getting the focus to do the thing and like kind of ignoring the haters and ignoring me sort of having resistance to the creativity that wants to flow through me. And um, I also wanted to add an addendum to how to make things easier for you. People in this life are choosing to take the nightmare pill. They are choosing to make things hard for themselves. And I think part of that is just ontology. It's just the reality that they're sold, that you have to toil. Capitalism makes you believe that the only things worth doing require effort, but that is simply not true. Frequently, the only thing you can actually do is send your thoughts and prayers to a situation. They have a measurable seven times greater impact on outcomes when someone's had thoughts and prayers sent to them. And I just want to empower you that I think we make things hard. This I'm speaking from my experience. I have made things so hard for myself because I took too much responsibility for things that were not my responsibility or my priorities. They were other people's priorities for me and I made it harder for myself. So part of kind of taking a big long slow down and what I was creating was really getting clear about why am I creating? What am I doing and who am I here for? So I hope this podcast helps you. I hope like you take your ease and your rest and I hope I figure out <laughs> how to create at like a kind of prolific pace with no uh, like hands-on help from other people. I do still get help. Like my friend Kendra has helped me make my blog pretty. Thank you, Kendra. Street Rat Draws for all your pet portrait needs for the holidays and anytime. Um, and anyway, like I have so much help in the world. I have so much interdependent support, but like create, I always was dreaming like, oh, I can do this podcasting when I have an editor and I can do all this like writing when I have someone to help me with links. I don't have anyone to help me with that stuff. So I'm just doing it and making it work and figuring it out and like releasing the stuff that I don't need to like be a hyper perfectionist about because I'm never gonna get it perfect, but I'm always gonna try to be my best and I'm always my best every version of myself. So I hope that helps. Bye everybody, love you.